Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh. Yeah. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of River City 93. The reason why I'm smiling and the reason why Matt is smiling is because since the first time since 2014, Richmond has a whole playoff game. The result of that, which is because Richmond drew, Omaha drew, and Greenville drew. Literally, it's been the same result for the last three weeks. And we just happened to back our way into a home playoff game. Oh. What I bet? Okay. Yeah, I can say that. Back our way. We haven't earned, won the last like we should have. Earned results. This one, yes. This was definitely our earned result. Yeah, you can't call it backing in you know, to the top spot when you're five points ahead of everybody else. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, you couldn't. But I mean, I mean you could, but you'd be no very one good. else out there that decides they want to have the number one spot. So Richmond will gladly take it. Right, but even you would have had to change your results of two other games for any one of those teams to make up that gap. This is also true. Well, we have a lot to talk about. Matt, how are you doing? You went down to Georgia, was supposed to go to the game. Then Hurricane Ian hit or didn't hit, but you still had to come back at the same time. Yeah, didn't end up making it to the game. Didn't see a drop of rain in Georgia for three days. But so they, you know, uh, Called it early, didn't seem to impact anything that I could be able to you know, see or tell. Uh, but in the end, you know, if it's, I'll take the draw. You know, we'll one step forward, and you know, it's all but a done deal at this point. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's all but a done deal, man. And we'll get into that further along in the podcast. But man, I think we got a lot to talk about in this game because it kind of shows you all about what the kickers are about. Um, I know the stat the announcer was throwing out there last night is like, I think we've only let in 18 goals from what we played, which is the league lowest, but we've let in 15 set piece goals or something like that. Yeah, I, I would want to see like what they're counting as like open play goals because I mean, that number sounds a little bit low. Yeah. Well, I mean, all together, we've only let in 34 goals. So, you know. I would imagine we that high, but it does feel as if this team Achilles Hill is happy to be set pieces, and we kind of saw it again in this game. Yeah, listen to the last like four episodes. Yeah, same conversation, <laughs> same thing, man. And look, it's the same thing. Of it's not like I don't know, man. It's just like the dumbest thing will happen. Like the first goal that happened against us, this one where. It took a, a slightly deflection, and it goes to the back of the net where Kara just happens not to be dominated. Yeah, well, I we can, we can come back to that, but I, you know, I feel like probably a lot of this you know, story starts uh, you know with the lineup and you know who wasn't available even. Yeah, right. Let's get into that. So for those who ha- are not uh, Instagram, I'm just gonna say we're stalkers. Instagram uh, followers. Users. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> it was hidden out there. Right, let's go for that out there. Um, we saw that EVD was is out with the rest of the year with a torn Achilles. Uh, so we're definitely wishing him all the best, man. And I felt bad for him, man, because he just seemed like he was just coming right back into form, like he was doing really well. And I know that he missed a large chunk of that Union Omaha season because of injury. It just sucks for him, you know. Yeah, I mean, especially at I mean, obviously that injury would suck any time of year because 
I mean, thankfully, I've never had that injury, but it sounds like an absolutely brutal one to come back from. Uh, and you know, right as you're gearing up for the playoffs, have you know chance to really be a uh, you know, key piece, you know, on another championship contender. Uh, I mean, unfortunate you know, timing there. So you know, definitely feel for him. You, know, you don't want to see anybody have to go through that. But also, uh, you know, it puts a, you know a bit of a dent into you know the really deep bench you know, quality that you know the kickers had. That's you know one more piece. Yeah, you know, that's not uh, you know in Darren and Mika's hands anymore. Yeah, yeah, that is true, man. And you know, I definitely wish all the best for him to come back. You know, I know that that injury usually takes like what a year to come back from. I mean, certainly, like olden days. I don't know if they've you know got some kind of you know new recovery for that because I mean, like ACLs used to take forever to come back from, and now it seems like guys are coming back in six months. Yeah, from that. So we'll know if they've approved, you know, Achilles surgery and recovery or not. But yeah, I don't know because I remember like when KD got it. KD was out for the better part of a year, so it, I don't know. It feels like, who knows if we see him in any part of next year. I think it'll be a miracle in itself. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. Uh, but you know, certainly, you know, made a, you know a good impact even in the couple of months that he was available. You know, for the team, you know, I, you know, when we you first you picked him up, we were saying what, like, you know, two goals, three assists, something like that would be a, uh, you know, quality output from him. And I think he's right around those numbers. I think so. I think so. I think the last thing, I think he's right. Two goals, maybe two assists. I think. Yeah. I want to say. Um, but yeah, I, I, talking about him, another player that we missed in his lineup was Stu Ritchie. Yep. Um, definitely missed out on this game as well. Yeah, we, we saw this one coming. Uh, you know, I think last week we were you know talking about all right, you know, maybe you hold Stu out just as you know, as a precaution. Uh, you know, I know Darren had you know, talked to you post game, said that uh, they didn't think it was anything too serious. They'd be back in training in a day or two. But uh, I know last week we both agreed, like, hey, you know, Simon's there. You know, give him some run out. Uh, you know, no need to take an unnecessary chance in this game. And you know, I think you know, we'll talk about it, but I think that you know worked out just fine. As a result, yeah. but at the same time, would love to see Stu back out there. I would too. Um, I, I mean, we talked about it a bunch of the show, but I think, like, once again, what you gain in Stu is what you lose in Simon and vice versa. Simon did a really good job defensive. I think both of our fullbacks in this game really were the standout players in this game for how they played and controlled the wings. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there were a lot of parts of the game where there wasn't much to write home about. Yeah. We're being. It's totally honest. Uh, you know, probably the first half hour or so, kind of a snoozer, uh, but that you know also usually means that you know your your defensive orientation is working out pretty well. Yeah, it's, it seemed to be that way. And I mean, once again, like we talked about before, like this team hasn't let up a goal from open play in a while. Happy to come from a set piece, but. The way how Sabi came in, the way how uh, Stefan stepped up. I mean, the back forward this Richmond kicker team is really solid. Yeah, that again outside of that one issue, you know, they they don't beat themselves a lot of times. Like yeah. they know what they can do, and they don't put themselves in bad spots very often. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, uh, there's been obviously there's always a little blip here or there over the course of a season that's just going to happen in soccer, you know, but. The strategies there, uh, you know, kind of building into you know another topic that we'll certainly you know, talk about. You know, Akira doesn't set that uh, single season save record by accident. Yeah, no. And you don't set that record as a first place team by accident if it's not with a sound defensive strategy to let teams take you know these low percentage shots from distance. Yeah, because yeah, Tormenta might have had a big number on the board for you know shots on target on target, but how many of them, you know, really seemed exceptionally challenging for Akira. And you know, same thing throughout, you know, the year. He's maybe making one tough save a game. Yeah. But I, yeah, I mean that's true too. Maybe two tops, but he's not really making that many tough saves. Yeah. Most of them are you know, just being funneled straight, you know, into you know the breadbasket every single yeah. time. And I mean that might as well just be a you know Misplaced pass. 
Pretty much. Um, I mean, I can think about the one save that Kerry had that was actually a really, really beautiful save. Um, it came off of us where I, I can't remember who did the throw in, but it was a bad throw in. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because I certainly got on the end of it. Yep. And Kerry stood up and saved the shot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I mean, other than that one, yeah, a lot of them were just you know, square, you know, right down, you know, fast lane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, that's the way how Darren sets his teams up to play it, and so far it's worked. I think uh, Kara, by the way, Kara's about to break a bunch of records. Like, I, he just had the most saves in the USL League one season. The first goalkeeper to have 100 saves in the USL League one season. So you got to figure with two games left to go, that record's going to be way out there, and it's probably never going to be touched again. But on the Greenville game, he actually breaks 100 uh, caps from the Richmond Kickers, which I got confirmed by Nathan. Um, so I mean, that's pretty dope for a carrier as well. I mean, this guy's about to break 100 caps, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, he's been a mainstay in the League One era. Uh, he's, you know, I think there's been a few different times that you know we were wondering, uh, hey, is, are we seeing the end of you know the Akira era? And you know, he keeps you know slapping us and saying, no, you don't know what you're talking about, be quiet and let me show you. Yeah, that's pretty much just me. I, I think like two years ago, I was like, all right, this might be it. <laughs> this yeah. might be it. But I mean, hey, look, the man is a living legend. I think Richmond has shown itself again to be a goalkeeper FC with the long stay of goalkeepers they have had. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and it, there's that sense of you know, kind of peace that you have, you know, with, you know, you have a reliable goalkeeper back there that, it's hard to appreciate until he's not there. That enter Miami game will always live in my memory. <laughs> yeah, that or I mean, just think about you know lots of other teams that are out there. You know, I uh, think about uh, now I'm blanking on even the, oh, like Union Omaha this weekend. Yeah, like yeah. new who's been a mainstay you know, for them and you know you know this other guy you. Know, Okay, yeah, ooh, scored a goal, but you know, who cares? You know, when you're not you know, reliable when you need it, what's the point? Yeah, very much sure. Very much sure. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead, let's dive into this game. Like you said, Matt, it wasn't the first 30 minutes or so wasn't all that interesting. It felt like first of all, Toronto got a new stadium. Um can't well, remember the stadium name because it's too weird. St- too long. St- to stadium say. should be in quotes at this point. It should be. It's really just like a lot of grass with bleachers and some cool lights behind it. Yeah, it, it, it looks like a you know bigger version of like you, the main field at Ucrop Park. Perfect example. Right. There you go, folks. Right. You got that, and then yeah, they have the, the same lights that everybody else has now with the you know like epilepsy you know <laughs> you know service you know for when something happens. So annoying. I think I think when they scored, like the whole screen went black, and I was like, "Oh my god, did I lose connection?" <laughs> and I had to realize, like, "Oh no, that's just stadium lights, more berserk." But uh, they're, they're trying to rival, rival Chattanooga. It looks like you know Chattanooga has the obscenely massive big screen. Fermenta now has the obscenely massive pile of dirt behind the goal. <laughs> that is funny. It's just like a big ton of dirt it's sitting right there. But yeah, man. I mean. I think, first of all, I know we're, you know, taking a little jokes at Toronto, but it's real cool to see, like, you as a league one team starting to get their own stadiums. I know that's, like, an issue in the other league, like Nisa, where teams are playing whenever and wherever they can, and teams are just dropping out of league because they don't have a stable stadium. You see teams like Chattanooga, uh, Tormenta, I think Grievo's in the works, you know, Omaha's in the works, Central Valley Fuego, of getting their own stadium. You know, that's real cool and dope to see, you know, they're – Starting to be stable ground and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I hope they you know work on improving the actual field. Uh. <laughs> well, yeah, we all hope for that. We all hope for that. But yeah, let's go back. Let's turn back to the game. Um, so Richmond coming to this game down two key players uh, in this, but the players ever played so Matt Bentley and Sally Fitch fit in perfectly. We've seen them before, but it just felt like the first thirty minutes or so. It felt like. Richmond was uncomfortable. It just always felt like Richmond was kind of like a gear ahead of us at certain points. 
Yeah. Part of it is just you know, standard Richmond away, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, the team doesn't necessarily come out like, you know, white hot on the road like they, you do at home sometimes, which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, it's, you know, it doesn't maybe make for the most exciting play, but it's effective. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of gives you an idea of you know, how to sense what the opposition is, you know, hoping to be able to do, what they're looking for throughout the game. Uh, I mean, there were a little half chances here and there. Like, you know, I think Emmy had a, look or two you know early on uh but yeah there wasn't much going on in terms of the attack but to be fair you know tormenta didn't have a ton you know going on you know early either i think you know sterling had you know a very very quasi breakaway but it wasn't more like you know he just had space to run into and our defenders let him have that and then he surprise surprise shot a roller right at akira yeah you're right. It does, I mean, that's what it felt like. And also, like, I know Kaziah Sterling, he's been really effective this year for Tormenta this year. But against Richmond, man, I think Richmond's done a really good job of balling him up and not allowing him to kind of get off, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I'll, where a lot of his goals come from is, you know, getting in the right space in the box. You yeah. Know, he's, he's not, you know, a big-time dribbler and, uh, you know, create his own shot. He's a guy who's an opportunist, you know, not quite in the same way that Emmy is, you know, necessarily, you know, he can play a little bit more bully ball if he needs to, because I mean, he, he's a big boy. Uh, but yeah, you, know, you got you know, Jalen back there to be able to body up with them. You know, Dakota, you know, only seems small because he's next to you know, Jalen or next to Ani most of the time, but he's pretty sizable dude himself. Uh, and they can, you know, be able to kind of push him off his game, maybe a little bit better than some of these other teams in the league do. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it definitely you get that sense of. I, I will say this: I think Jalen Dakota does a really good job of balling up. I think the player for Tormenton it kind of puts me on, puts it makes me nervous, much like how Marco Micheletto did. Is uh, Kings? I can't remember his last name. Let's call him Kingsford. Yeah, there you him. He's a player that, like, when he gets the ball in his feet, I'm like, oh, God, like, what's about to happen now? Because he, he's just so tricky with it. But it's also like he'll – a player that's very easy to foul. Yeah, he's like a leveled-up JT Kamara from North Carolina last year. Right. <laughs> like, he really, he's kind of like the guy that can change the whole game. And, like, he, where he picks up his fouls at or where Richmond players were – kind of tackling back was like right around the 18 yard box. So they're picking up all these days or free kicks and whatnot right in front of the 18 yard box. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely a dangerous player. Been a key factor in why Tormenta has worked their way up into not a fully safe playoff spot yet, uh, but pretty close to it. And they'll definitely be, uh, have every chance in the world to be able to take the two seed, you know, potentially, but, yeah, I definitely see why he can give you a little bit of uh, you know, worry as a viewer of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I thought you were going to say Bill Meyer because that dude just seems to keep on. Uh, He's another hard. one, too. Go Bill Hart is another one that I don't. <sighs> Bill Hart doesn't scare me as much as Kingsford just because of the, the dribble ability. But Bill Hart, I don't know. He just. Yeah, I, I feel like he, at the right moment for stuff. I feel like he's more of like the Micheletto style of you know, he just ends up beating you. You don't really know how he just shows up and just daggers you. I think that's it. Like I, I can't explain it, but you just explained it for me. Like you don't know how he's beating you, but he is beating you some kind of fashion. Yeah. Yeah. So um I, I think that kind of described the first 30 minutes, but I I don't want to labor the point again because we talk about it almost every week now on the show about set pieces and what the rich kickers are doing. We know what they're doing. We know what's happening. It's just it ends up taking a weird bounce. And sometimes you can't defend against a weird bounce. Yeah, and this one is, I guess, in the most technical sense, a set piece issue, but it's really more of a like second, third ball issue coming yeah. off of a set piece. I, I, I agree with that. I think the clearest of the set – because. If the ball is probably clear, this chance never happens. Right. You know? It never happens. And I, I'm trying to think, was it Simon or Dakota got the last touch? Or they kind of like, they're falling away. They kind of get like a foot to it. 
instead of uh, like going out, it kind of just goes like kind of just straight to the dimension. Uh, the one coming out of the box? Yeah. I think that was Zaka. Was it? I can't tell. I just looked at it so much, I can't tell who it was. But it, whoever it was, it just wasn't a good clearance. Like it just wasn't a ball that was properly cleared out to kind of sort it away. So yeah, the second and third ball chances were killing us in that moment. Yeah, and look, I, I'm still not 100% convinced that whatever the dude's name was, the tormented player, A, you know, was the one who actually scored it. I, I think might have been another. I think it was Jalen. I honestly think it was because when you go back and look at it, it looked like it's Jalen's knee that just pat, pushes it into yeah, that corner. I, I don't know if they're just showing mercy on our man there. I think they were. I think they were. Like, we can't give this dude two goal goals back to back. So I feel like the, the other option, you know, there is the tremendous player, you know, tries to flick it and, you know, hits it off his own butt. That's or probably hip or something. Because I, I, I don't see how else he gets the ball to go that direction. Yeah, no, I, I, don't I think, think he's a Jalen old goal. I think he's just the momentum goes that way. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, New State, and they don't want the first goal to be, you know, not their guy if they can help it. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I think that's what it was. And I mean, even when there was another uh, free kick opportunity happening at the top of the box, guy was just offside. But I think we're living a reverse scenario with this game just because of very quick, quick save game. If he's not offside, I think Akira just did a poor job of saving it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, for all the good we were talking about with Akira, you know, a few minutes ago. First half, he, he did leave a few rebounds out there, even on the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a save, and it kind of. I, I wonder if he could have been able to you know, corral that ball a little bit better on that save. Yeah, yeah, I think that's something like Darren and me are gonna kind of go over and try to correct for the next two games coming up. Because, I mean, effectively, like the next two games really don't. I'm not gonna say they don't matter. But I feel like you can experiment a little bit more and try to correct stuff in before you're going into the playoffs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there's still work to be done. But at the same time, I think that there's reason to believe that everything is going to sort itself out pretty much no matter what you do. Right. So, I mean – the second half of this game is kind of like the same thing. It kind of felt fellas the first half. And I will say this. It felt like Richmond was pressing more and we were being more aggressive. And a lot of those balls that were getting cut out in the midfield, instead of getting cut out in the midfield, we're not getting cut out in the final third by Tormenta. But I will say this. I think I think Tormenta, out of any team in USL League One, outside of maybe the second game, they do a good job of trying to cut out that pass to Bolaños. Mm-hmm. For the most part, like if you look at all three games as a body of one, I think they do the best job of kind of stifling our midfield and stifling Bolaños in terms of giving them like this the open spaces of getting behind. Yeah, I mean, there's been times where you've seen you know, teams basically purposely try to take him away. Yeah, uh, but that would then open up you know other areas. Uh, so and I thought he still got you know quite a few good looks. Like you know, he had. You know, inches away from his own goal. You know, he was, I'm not gonna lie, I thought that was it. I thought that header from Bolaños is in. Like the speed of which he was coming and the way he cut in across, I thought that was it. The announcer seemed uninterested in it. Right. <laughs> like if you were just listening, you would have had no idea that anything happened there. The same flat voice as the ball yes. rings off the crossbar. Like what? <laughs> like you were like, oh okay. Watching that, I was like, oh. The other chance that I thought that was really good was Ethan Bryant. I thought he had a really good chance, but I don't know. Now another one that came straight from Bolaños. Right. And I don't know what it is, man, but that's the second time Ethan Bryant has done that where he has like this really good chance and he just shoots it right to where the goalkeeper's going to be at. I mean, I think you gotta give that one just to the keeper making a good save. I think. Well, of that what he did. I didn't expect the goalkeeper to get that. I thought that was going to be in the back of the net. Goalkeeper just got there, unexpectedly for me. But I think for the second half myself, like I think the biggest frustration I had was just we did a lot. I'm not going to say we got beat up in the midfield, but 
I feel like the seed wants to go very, very quest, very, very quick on the counterattacks. But in order to do that, you have to be like you have to execute those passes. And I feel like a lot of the passes we were executed on. Like we would take a little bit too long in the midfield, or like the first pass was on, so then we were struggling to find a second option. You know, things like that. It just felt like we were just kind of like a step behind lagging as the game went on a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if I felt the same way with that. Uh-huh. It was, you know, I, I obviously nothing's perfect, right? But you, know, you look at you know the passing stats for the game. I mean, you know, seventy eight percent accuracy with the passing. You know, forty three percent on the long balls. So kind of you know, fix those numbers out. And a lot of the passes were, you know, that were reasonable were actually you know, pretty accurate. Uh, I, I think it's just a matter of perception sometimes like in a tense game where you're chasing a goal, I think yeah. mistakes can start to feel a little bit more than if you're in a game where you're two nil up where it's, it's like, okay, I'll just you know, recover here. You know, something like that. So, uh, I mean, yeah, there was definitely, you know, probably some, you know, truth to you know, the way you were you know, looking at it and the things that were happening there. Uh, but I don't think it was necessarily out of the ordinary. And in fairness, I, I watched the game afterwards knowing what the result was. Uh, so, that's why I you know, wonder a little bit if it is, you know, kind of the game, you know, the game state of the watcher, you know, between knowing what's coming and not knowing what's coming yeah. and having that exacerbate your feeling. Yeah, I think that might have been it because watching, like, granted, now if you go back and rewatch this game, you kind of already know what's happening. So you're kind of like, all right, Rich was not going to be at the executing best level because the game made it 1 1. Like, all right, something had to lead to that result. We're watching it live. You're kind of just like, all right, we're not executing here. We're not creating this pass. We're not finishing this chance. Like, all right, like, like this game literally came down to the 94th minute, which we got to take. I want to take a moment. Nil Vindals. I when he took the chance in my head, I was like, oh, he went in the back of the net. Like, I <laughs> wasn't expecting that. Then I thought, like, wait, did he score that? Because I didn't, I didn't know if Aldi got a head on to. But the way how they're writing this up is, is like, no, nah, Neil scored this from almost Curry range. Yeah, it's you know, <clears throat> kind of one of those classic things that uh, you know coaches always you know, teach, like you know, play the crosses to the back post because if nobody you know, hits it, it might just find its own way in because yeah, yeah. the goalkeeper can't commit. Too early on it, you know, because if any if he doesn't anybody gets any touch on it, you know he's out to dry, and then you know it worked out. You know, we've I think we've probably complained a few times this year about like you know really just garbage goals, you know, going through. Uh, maybe you know a little bit of retribution for us there, <laughs> right? A little bit of retribution, and I mean, look, I think that might have been. It might be too much to say, like, the most important goal of the season, but it was one of the most important goals just because it, what it signifies for this team in terms of the coming back in stop attempts, what they've done before, like, the NCFC game and also, uh, uh, multiple other games. Omaha? Yeah, yeah Omaha's – oh, God, yeah. Play oh, He was still fun. It would – I think also now just put Neil on six goals, which in my head when, I, when he said he had six goals, I'm like – I'm trying to think back, like, when did he – like, what did he score four others? But then I was, I thought about it. I was like, oh, snap. He really is, like, he's having his standout year this year, man. Yeah. Uh, w- once again, we get the benefit of the player scores against his former team element. So we're we're getting closer to squared up on that. Right, right. Started, started to come a little bit more in our favor. A little bit more in our favor. But, man, I mean, I thought there was another free kick on the opposite side of the field, kind of in the same position. And I was thinking to myself, like, what if he does it again? Like, and I'm pretty sure the goalkeeper had to be thinking that same thing. I, you're talking about the, like the last kick of the game. Yeah, or, the very last kick of the game. I, if the goalkeeper lets that one in, you know, straight through, I mean, you know, he, he can walk home. <laughs> we might have to talk about USL one match fixing and everything like that. Yeah, that that one was, a, I think, a good bit further out at that point. But I definitely had the thought too. You know, seeing it's like, oh, if I was watching this. You know, not knowing that in a draw, when I think, are they really are they going to steal it again? Are they going to you know do another team dirty here? Man, it it would have been something, man. It would have been something. But on one hand, 
is a positive because Griva Yuyomaha dropped points against uh what was it Tucson and North Carolina. North Carolina State, which by the way, I've watched those two games. Those were fun games to watch. Those were fun games to watch. Not just because of what it meant for Richmond, which is overall like those were really good games. Um Richmond with a draw. We cl- we can't go any further than third. I know we can technically go fourth, but Sarbenton's not scoring 19 goals in the last two games. It's not happening. Well, it's not not even that at this point. Uh, Tremendous plays Omaha you know, this weekend. You know, so at least one of them's got to drop points. You know, yeah. So that'll lock us into you know, at least third no matter what the result of that game is. Right. So we're locked into third place. What that also means is that now we have a we have what we wanted. We have a whole game at City Stadium. And I think Pretty much my season expectations have been met. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, and with that, on the bad side of it, we got to put the champagne on ice for another week because we're not technically USL League One champions yet. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. First, first goal that we set, you know, set at the beginning of the season of need to get a home. Yeah, that's checked off the list. I'm hungry. I want more. I'm not not, not just going to be satisfied. Like, if this team is playing quarterfinal weekend, nah, not yeah, feeling no, good. No. I, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question because I was listening to another podcast and they talked about it. Do you think a playoff is the best way to determine a champion? Like, do you think USL Leeward should be settled just by the regular season or should it be by playoff? Playoffs are fun. Like it's not right now. It'd be close to being like okay for if you just wanted to give it a you know regular season's a champion because everybody's playing each other three times. But then a lot of it comes down to luck of which teams are you getting home twice versus where you having to go twice. Yeah. And so it's not perfectly balanced in that way. I mean that's why like all the European leagues can you know do it just fine because it's one home one away against everybody, and that's yeah. why it doesn't make sense for most American sports because you know if the schedule is going to be a you know key player and are you champion or not and eh, that's a little d- doesn't quite sit right you know for me i also players are fun they are fun man they are fun it's always like that one thing that sticks in the back of my head i'm like you can be one and die you can be but, one. You okay, but but you know if you're a you know bottom you're like right now would anybody care about you know Tucson's you know little like one percent hope run? You know if it was just the league champion winning, they would have been eliminated back in May. Yeah, no, I mean you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, and it does it does kind of keep you interested because you're even looking around and you're like, like this weekend, like NCFC kept fighting to the very end, uh, they got eliminated. Madison, who didn't play this weekend, got eliminated. Um. Some of those got eliminated too. Uh, uh, Fuego, Fuego's on the verge of getting eliminated. Yeah, they're not out yet, but but if they, they drop, they any didn't do points, themselves any favors. Yeah, you man, it's so crazy. You talk about a team. It isn't where I'm saying like Richmond kind of that back their way into it, but it's kind of like crazy how we're talking about this point of us being the number one seed because if you go back to August when we lost to Greenville one nothing in the 89th minute. We were all like, you know, Paul got games ahead. Greenville got this favorable end of the season stretch. You know, are, are we going to be in a running for it? And now you look down, it's like, yeah, we are. Yeah, I mean. You know, seeing how those teams have dropped points massively has been crazy. Yeah, I mean, this team's, you know, pulled together and, you know, they you know, pulled the clutch card at key moments, you know, this season. And uh, I, I think the bigger thing is, you know, early on in the year, it was, all right, they, you know, they're bleeding some of these losses, you know, what what's going on. And they found ways to turn a lot of these, you know, games that last year, or, you know, other years they would have lost into a draw at least, especially since like mid-June or so. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's felt like a different switch in my head, but it's definitely a switch to the right. Position. Um, this is another question I wanted to ask you. So, 
I'm going to lay this all out here. You let me know where you're ranking because I trust you. You're the, more of the kickers historian than me. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> if this team, regular season USL League one champions, playoff champions, MVP, uh, golden boot winner, top assister, coach of the year, where would you rank this Richmond kickers team at? Oh, okay. Ah, it's a tough one uh, because it's it's not like they've like just run through the regular season, right? Yeah, yeah it's it's like full. on one hand, it's like are right, you the number one seed? You got all these accolades, but you've lost the two most important derbies is, is all. Like, right? I mean, you played them the last two weeks, and you can get wins, but you've lost the series overall. Yeah, I don't, I don't even necessarily you know, care about that you know, part of it. Uh, I'm just you know, trying to think you know, big picture. I mean, obviously, if, you know, you win trophies, you're rocking yourself up the list. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like, how did that compare to like a 2006 or a 2009 where you know they won everything, or even uh, 95 is probably going to be tough, you know, to beat as the gold standard. I mean, okay, but that 95 team did they win? I know they won U.S. Open Cup. Yeah. But. That, I, I, they won the playoffs. They, yeah, I think okay. they finished second in the division in regular season. Okay. So that 95 team is probably the gold standard. It's going to be tough to knock them off. I mean, you know, some of the early 2000s teams, you know, hard lucked it in the playoffs. I mean, there's a, a very, very <laughs> painful stretch in that era where, you know, it was, you know, lose the final, you know, in overtime, you know, go out on penalties, go out on penalties in the final, uh, go out on penalties in the final, you know, there, there's some heartbreak in those days. So probably need to really think about it, you know, a little bit deeper, but I wouldn't be surprised, you know, have it end up, you know, top five pretty solidly. Okay. Okay. Tough one. That's not bad. Not bad. And they, just um, look, they just have to look at you know the finer points and the details you know, and kind of take a step back from it outside the moment and try to look more objectively. You can't do that for probably at least six months. Understandable. Well, yeah, man. This team has what opportunities, I think, since 2014, if I'm not mistaken, to win a regular season title. 2013. Uh, 2013. Okay. Yeah. Okay, finished ahead of finished ahead of Orlando, uh, only USL team, you know, to finish ahead of Orlando during the Orlando USL days. <laughs> yeah. Woo. That, yeah. That was the team. Um, yeah. So it'd be great, man. I mean, you just go back and look at that stretch. Almost ten years. It would be kind of cool. This is another cool thing that I found out. Um, the USL League One final. Is what November six? You also know what happened. Yeah. Oh well, you already know then. Never mind. Oh no, no, I'm saying it's the weekend of November six. Like, I I imagine if you know USL can like you know finagle a you know two p.m. you know start time on Friday, they'll make it be on two p.m. on Friday afternoon. (laughs) But if the final happens November six, which I think it is, um, that's the same day that Darren Sawaski signed to the Richmond Kickers back in twenty nineteen. Did not remember that. Yeah. Wouldn't that be like a full a full circle moment? It might be one of the, you know, like two talking points, you know, the announcers have for that game. Might be. Might be. Um, well, hopefully it'd be good talking points and Darren gets to say, like, hey, I signed on the team and I said I'm bringing a trophy and I brought a trophy three years later. Yeah. I, I would be okay with that, you know. I would too. That would be really know, hit over the head of that storyline ad nauseum because <laughs> good things happen. It's gonna happen. You know it's gonna happen. If you get to that final, you know that storyline's coming. I'm just preparing y'all for it now. It's coming. Um. So we got that out of the way. Um. Another USL League One news uh, that we saw because before we talk about Fort Madison and whatnot, uh, Haji Berry. I don't know if you if any of y'all watch the championship. He just moved to, I think, Futures FC in Egypt for like $800,000. So I was having a conversation with Kyle and Chip 
How much do you think Chirzaghi will go for? Now, mind you, him and Haji are the same age. Both of them are 29. So here's my thing. I don't know if I fully believe the numbers that they're putting out there. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like, you know, with all kinds of, you know, different, like, you know, potential incentives that could get up to that number. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's structured in a way that lets the you know, USL put out there, ooh, another record-breaking fee and blah, 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 blah. Like, Because here's my thing. How many uh, you know, transfers do you hear about going to Egypt for close to seven figures for any team? Not many. Right? Well, maybe uh, outside of uh, got, what's the one team? You got Al Akhli and you got Zamalek. Yeah, this outside of those two teams, that's probably that many. Right, and so you you want to tell me that all of a sudden teams coming close to dropping, you know, a cool mill on you know guy at the championship who's like almost thirty. Hey, hey, I mean, if, if it is legit, more power to Colorado Springs. I mean, you know, kind of you know, big middle finger to your fans for selling off, you know, star player right before the playoffs. Right, that's the weird part. <laughs> Because now it's like any hope you have again into a title is like, all right, it's not happening. I mean, in fairness, they were not going to win the champion. They weren't going to win the league out there anyway. They were deceptively not good. Uh, looking it up, future FC, uh, I don't know if their season's still going or not. Looks like it's not. Uh, they finished fifth this year, 21 points back. So they're yeah. run of the mill. Egyptian league team. Yeah. But that's why I asked, man. Like, how much do you think Chazarga will go for? I mean, if you can find I said a, I hope we ever sell him, but how much do you yeah. think? He I mean, would if you can find a random sucker out there, yeah, maybe six, you know, a half on there, maybe. I can see it. I think seven, maybe. Six, maybe. I'm going over six. Yeah. Well, right. Maybe, but I don't know. Right. How about we keep him here? Let him uh, you know, chase Delhi's record. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Let him chase Delhi's record. Let him have that. Um, hopefully, he'll chase a couple of more trophies that we'll bring into Richmond, league titles, and everything like that. But let's go ahead. Let's shift our attention to the end of the season, Henny Derby, which, by the way, I finally mailed the trophy. Uh, I've been meaning to build that <laughs> since July, and I've just been like, yeah, I'll get around to it. Got to make room for uh, some more important trophies. <laughs> right. I finally built it. Um, so, yeah, Hitty Darby, what are we expecting, man? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Madison you know, just comes in and punts at the end of the year because absolutely another disaster year for them. Uh, this year, they they have literally nothing to play for. I mean, if things went right yesterday, it really would have been a game, a completely meaningless game for everybody. But what can you do? Uh, I don't see you know, the kickers being you know a daring you know, team, something to play for, going in and laying down. Yeah, you know, so I think the kickers are going to get out of there with at least a point, and you know, take care of business. Yeah, I, it feels like a point's there. Um, depending on how other results go the other way, you kind of like, eh, but a point be fine. Get out of there with a point. Come back home so we can party and hang out. You know, pretty much the biggest thing I want from this game is no injuries and maybe a Bolaños or Tizagi goal or assist. Yeah, I, I would like, you know, obviously the no injuries piece, right? That's clearly the most important spot right now. Whether in this game or in the you know finale against Greenville, I, I would like to see you know the team get a clean sheet just to reinforce from my mind that they can pull through and do it. Yeah, because that's true. That's also true. I mean, it's yeah. bizarre. You know, the team has the second fewest goals allowed in the league, and yet not many clean sheets at all. It's like consistently, you know. You know, shipping one, yeah. which I mean, clearly it's worked out. It's been viable, but what what am I you know put putting a zero up on the board for once? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're right. You're right. And having a clean sheet would definitely uh, 
talk to ease my mind. It would be nobody's about to get it against four backs. Not gonna lie. Um, I mean, I just think back again to 2019 where Richmond was at the table and where Ford Madison was. And then you kind of look three years onwards, and it's like the franchise that everyone was hyping in love with has kind of like teetered and petered out over the last three years with three different head coaches and culture changes. And we had one head coach over this man who, once again, I, I think the day that we love most about Darian, like he always talks about culture, but he's really implementing a culture which has worked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, go figure. You know, soccer guys are probably going to you know, build something more sustainable than social media guys. There we go. That always works out. Um, I'm pretty sure Ford about to have some weird wonky uh, theme night. So, whatever it is, I hope it doesn't work out for him. Hibernation night. <laughs> it's what? No, I'm just making a joke. Saying it's hibernation. Hibernation, like after the game, they all go to sleep. I don't know, but that's the thing. I 100% believe you're almost serious. That, that, that could be a you know fun off-season game of you know which of these uh you know, theme nights are legit. Yeah, that, that 100% seems like it. Um, I think the one person, well, actually, the two people for foreign bats you got to keep an eye on is Sting and Kasani. I think, honestly, if you tell Ethan Bryant, like, hey, I want you to mark Kasani out of the game the entire night, I think that'd be fine. That's more of a Zaki job. Yeah, I know. But I can see Zaki getting a red card in that situation, and I don't want that. So tell Ethan Bryant to be like, I want want you to be the one who's locking him up. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad with that. Um, starting lineup wise, do you think we're going to see the same starting lineup? Do you think Stu Richie comes back? Of course, huh? it's going to be the same. Yeah, probably. It's probably going to be. I mean, like we said, it's all about right wing and right back. We know that. We, I mean, and left back. It's those two positions. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's not, then you start to wonder what's going on. Right. Unless somebody's getting rest. Which, do you think Darren starts kind of resting guys here and there? Like, do you think? No. You don't think so? You don't think he gives nobody a rest? Or like be like, hey, I'll like let Bentley start off in the lab and give Bologna's the second half. They'll have a week off in a couple weeks. Uh, true, true. All right. Well, there yeah. you have it. And also, I don't think Darren's a guy to take the you know the uh, foot off the accelerator until he's across the finish line. Yeah, yeah, that's also part of true. As we can tell by this game, the team definitely did a lot of the acceleration uh, to the finish line. So. Hey, Matt, we are one point away, man. One more point till we can celebrate a regular season title. On the brain. Let's, and you know what? Let's hope they get it done so that way, you know, the home finale can just be, you know, a coronation celebration. Oh, man. This is a huge-ass party. That would be dope. That would be dope. Because yeah. I really don't want that Greenville game to mean anything. Yeah, it's a good, nice, you know, dry, you know, dry run in for, you know, playoff party. So that way we get a you know, practice run and then, you know, Everybody's ready to you know bring it hard, you know, come the playoff game. Right. Definitely, man. We watch it always be ready for that. Um, anything from you, my man, before we uh wrap up? No, uh you know, I think we've covered you know, pretty much all you know the key stuff you know, going on right now. I know you had, you know, a little, you know, something outside the you know kickers universe you wanted to touch on. Yeah, I did. And I, Matt, first of all, I want to thank you so much because if you were my co-host, I probably would have still been talking about it now, but I've kind of even out now, and that's why I have you as a co-host. Um, for those who wonder why no Shadir tonight, uh, Shadir had to coach, so that's what we found in trouble. But I just want to talk about the situations that are happening in NWSL and Chattanooga, and it's really disheartening to see that, like, People that are minorities or women or players of color are, get, are pretty much being taken advantage of and being abused. And I know there was the whole report that came out today for NASL and um, the USL PA that represents the USL Championship and the USL League One uh, was pretty much making another statement again about how they pretty much believe Chattanooga was not doing enough to try to rectify the situation that has happened there. 
Um, and for those who don't know, I mean, if you go on our social medias, you can see the retweets that we have about it. Um, if you're interested in seeing that information, but it's just really sad to see. And I'm thankful that here in Richmond, you know, I, I don't want to sound like we're just brushing off or anything like that, but I'm just really glad in Richmond that we have leaders in place like Mika, like Darren, like Rob, that truly take care of their players and truly look out for the best interests of their players and not put them in situations where they're being abused or being taken advantage of. And it's really sad that you have teams like Chattanooga, who's already built off a weird foundation that, you know, you put somebody in place that these players trusted that was pretty much taken advantage of them. And uh, NWSL and the system-wide abuse that was breaking out there and players such as Kristen Press or Kate McCullough that came out that were told not to speak up about it. You know, it's sad to see that. You know, I just wish all the victims, you know, the best. And, you know, I just wish that people believed in others when they talk about these kind of issues. So that's kind of like where I, I wanted to speak about. But that's about it. Yeah, no, I think well said. I mean, a lot, a lot of uh, people get into power positions and, you know, let their inner shitty selves out and need to yeah. we find a way to weed those people out before they get get there in the first place. Yeah, which you would think, like, a whole organization would do something about vetting, you know? Like, yeah. we had to get vetted for our jobs. What? That's a whole other issue that I'm not yeah. going to get into because we won't be here for a whole other hour. <laughs> there you go. Right. But, uh, Matt, as always, buddy, I appreciate you for doing this show with me. Yeah, always a good time, especially when the team is five points clear with two to go. Right. Hopefully we never have to do another emergency podcast ever again on the show. That would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, that, that depends on for sure. I mean, we could do an emergency one next week for We The Champs. Yeah, that is true. But as always, Kickers fans, we want to say thank you for taking time out of your day for listening to our show. If you can, take a moment, like the show on YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube, we want to say thank you. Leave us a like, subscribe, share, review, share with a friend. We'll holler at you guys next week. Be easy.